Happy Monday, Liberty Kitty Cats. And before we get into today's flagship Lions of Liberty podcast, I want to remind you about our amazing sponsors at the North Spokane Hemp Company at NorthSpokaneCBD.com. You can find all your CBD needs, my friends. CBD, it's a wonderful thing. This is not medical advice. It's just my personal opinion. Having tried the product, it really does help with things like inflammation, aches and pains, stress, insomnia. I've been an insomniac all my life. And using CBD products is the one thing that has really helped me to get a good night's sleep. They have flour, they have tinctures, there is even CBD products for your pets. That's right, because your pets get aches and pains too, at least my big husky does, and the CBD is a wonderful way to help your pets as well. So please head over to North Spokane, that's S-P-O-K-A-N-E, NorthSpokaneCBD.com, and use discount code LIONS at checkout for 15% off your order. Not only that, free shipping, free shipping for every order over $50, that's NorthSpokaneCBD.com. Use discount code LIONS at checkout. Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here's your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Clare. All right. Well, welcome, my Liberty Kitty Cats. It is, uh, I'm going to call this a little Libertarians in Living Rooms Drinking Liquor Reunion. I've got all three of the main main hosts here at Lions Liberty. I will not call you, what was the Gene Epstein term, Brian? Uh, alternate hosts? I will not call you alternate hosts. Oh, yeah. Alternate hosts. We are all hosts. God, it was me God here. Goddamn bastard. We got Brian McWilliams, host of Electric Liberty Land. Hello. Hello, Hello. There he is. We also have John Odermatt, the host of Felony Friday. We are, do you want to say hi, John? What's up, felons, friends, and freedom lovers? We are the Lions of Liberty, the true triumvirate. Now we have some great, you know, great cast of characters. We got Howie, we got Rico, we got Doctor Science. Uh, we, you know, we got a lot of friends and family that pop in. We got you know Dan Smolt and uh, Remzo Martinez always pop into the show. But this is really the core right here. Let's be honest. This is the heart and souls. The three main Lions Liberty hosts, and it's been a really long time since the three of us have just been on a libertarians in living rooms drinking liquor, just shooting the shit. So uh, why don't we start shooting the shit? What do you want to shoot? Has about? it ever happened with just the three of us? I'm not even sure. It's a great question, actually. <laughs> I think we usually almost always have a fourth. There had to have been one or yeah. two times where it was just the three of us. Probably. Maybe this is a first. I'm calling it a reunion, and it might actually be a first time. Already no... the best show we've ever done. Totally. Probably. <laughs> I agree. What are we all drinking? I'm drinking this uh, sugary cider, some Angry Orchard, because it's just what happened to be in my fridge when I got back. Hmm. They call um, it Angry Orchard because your hangover is very angry the next day. I was hungover. Mark was over here last night. Shocking. Brian hungover. I know. But we were drinking also whiskey and... Uh, not bad hungover, too bad, but feeling a little bit more than not hungover. What What are you drinking yeah. now? I am currently drinking delicious, refreshing, healing Bud Light. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I started off by bonging uh, Modelo at the start of this uh, show, and if you were in the Pride, you could have watched it happen. And now I'm drinking uh, Sierra Nevada. It's probably mm. Sierra Nevada has come to become Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. It's one of my favorite beers. It's just so delicious. I love it. It's but that's it's a, that I will give Sierra Nevada some credit. It's a at least quasi drinkable pale ale as we reignite the pale ale wars because as you know, I don't hate Sierra ale, Nevada. Like asparagus urine. If I yeah, had to drink, drink a pale ale, it would probably that would be on my list of what? yeah that or like there's all, there's another pale ale which isn't that bad either. Maybe it's Dale's has one that's not horrible like just. Dale's you know, the fucking... first time I drank it, I was pretty drunk and I thought it was the worst thing I've ever drank in my life. And then the next day, sober, I had one. I'm like, that's actually not that bad. So 
Maybe I'm you had sure. just been, maybe you fell over drunk and had a piece of dog shit go in your mouth and then you were washing it down. These things happen. <laughs> no, it can happen to the best of us. Certainly. Can. How do you say, is it Nevada or Nevada? I say you Nevada, but that's because hmm. that's because of my, my Philly Las accent. Vegas, I, Nev- I say Nevada. I didn't even know what I said until I said it back. I think I say Nevada. Nevada, Nevada sounds like the wrong way to say it, though. Nevada. I don't know. Nevada. I'm going to Nevada. I say Nevada. Nevada, bada, bing, bong. Well, we gathered today not to just to uh, to, to uh, catch up and shoot the shit or maybe do a show with the three of us for the first time, but also with a greater purpose, because for a few weeks, I think John started talking about it on Felony Friday. You know, we're still uh, we're always trying to find ways to grow this program. And one way that you can kind of get up in the iTunes charts and rankings is to get more five star reviews. So we wanted to give a little motivation for people to go out there and give us ratings, leave us reviews on, on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, I suppose it's called now. Uh, it's still iTunes on my macbook so you know it's a confusing world we live in but uh you know we put it out there if you guys want to send us questions and, and leave those questions at, in the form of a review we would do a show and try to answer them on air and that's what we're going to do today we're going to start going through we have a bunch of comments i read some of the comments on air and, and Odie's mentioned a few as well but we're just going to go through everything that is a question at least and uh try to you know try to provide some answers some insight from the lion's triumvirate you guys ready you ready to roar roar I'm ready to roar Brian's so excited to roar. <laughs> he just rolled out of bed to do this show. I literally was asleep. I took a nap. I got I had my little hangover. I was like, I was like, I gotta take a power nap. So I'm I'm not just like falling asleep. But between waking up uh, from my nap, which of course I was watching Star Trek, um, the next generation, as I do during all of my daytime naps. Fantastic stuff, gives you some love of dreams. But woke up from my nap and now after bonging that beer, which as I mentioned, you could have seen live if you were in the pride. I now feel fine. Top of the world. Top of the world. All right. Well, you're ready to podcast. So we're going to start with actually a, a great question for us, really, especially for this show. <laughs> this question comes from a gentleman by the name of T Money, uh, money sign in parentheses. And uh, his question is, he would like to hear another discussion. Did we already do a discussion of bum, of bum wines? What's Probably. your favorite? I think we um, did some sort of discussion. I think Howie about. just did one impromptu at one point. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah exactly. That happens a lot. My I favorite like is team- uh, is Carlo Rossi, the, the old school Carlo Rossi giant bottle. Can't go uh, the big jug that you, yeah, you yeah. put on your thumb and then you got to drink it with like holding it up on your shoulder. For, for about four bucks, you can get a whole jug of wine. At least you could in, in uh, 1998 you know, Pennsylvania. It has to be a Carlo Rossi blush, though. It doesn't have to be, but that, that's that's the best one. <laughs> is there another yeah, the kind? blush is really good. We, we actually named it, you guys... Uh, Remember this, you should. We named our pledge class after Carlo Rossi. That's right. I mean, my, my pledge class, not your guys' pledge class. but That's right. There you go. Do you guys remember, just while we're talking about 1998 Penn State, well, Odie wasn't there, but they still had these when you came around. Uh, do you remember the Big Ugly at the Unimart? The, it was an edible treat, which was a hunk of, I think it was hamburger with cheese in the sausage roll. It was like a hot dog hamburger. I know what and you're it, talking about. I never, I never was drunk, drunk enough food. to actually eat one. But. Oh my god, it was like my go-to. Every time I get real hammered, I'd stumble into the Unimart and get this like log, and it, it literally looked like something that would fall out of someone's ass. And you got it, and you just cover it in like nacho cheese and onions, and then you, ah, oh, so good. You so cover good. everything, everything in nacho cheese at Unimart. Yeah, totally. <laughs> How much cheese do you want in your soda? Fill it about halfway. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, so you're going to go Carla Rossi. I'm, I'm going to go with the one that I can't find in Los Angeles because I had, I managed to find 
Wild Irish Rose, and Mad Dog 2020. But I was not able to find Night Train, I don't think, out here. Mm. That one, I believe, was my favorite. And it was all, all of them give you a horrible hangover, though, because they all have high sugar content. All fortified. Yeah, they're but yeah, I, I think horrible. I think Night Train was my favorite in college. Night Train. So, favorite probably uh, is, is Carlo Rossi just because fond memories of it, drinking it with my pledge brothers back in the day. But yeah, favorite doesn't mean good. From, we should be clear. It just means from like yeah. a, yeah. like, like <laughs> yeah. a triumph standpoint, like drinking it, you feel like the next day you feel like, wow, I drank two <laughs> mad dogs. That's like an accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. Mad dog is one. If you woke up, if you would wake up and you didn't vomit after drinking several mad dogs, cause we used to have the mad dog parties back in the day where we just have a trash can filled with ice and mad dogs and if i recall my favorite flavor was lime for mad dogs and then there's the trinity the wild irish rose the night yep. train and the mad dog i believe were is that correct that was the holy trinity yeah did anybody actually drink the holy trinity and, and manage to do it oh i did it one night that's the night i, I believe howie has told oh, this God. some form of the story but that is the <laughs> evening but unfortunately, I got so drunk that I did, in fact, punch Howie in the face. Uh. <laughs> and we were totally cool the next day because we all understood <laughs> this is the Trinity. This is the the choice you make before taking that first sip of the Trinity. You know that anything can happen and nothing can be. You're yeah. not allowed to hold anything against each other. So we were fine. It's yeah. true. Um, do you guys remember when we did we did wine power hour? I think it was probably with Carlo Rossi. But it, but did Carlo Rossi also come in a box? No, no, I think that was a different one. We, the, the Power Hour was definitely with a wine. Uh, it was with, with a box wine. wine. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. That was the night that, no, that we had that one guy. Wine. I thought it was white wine. Well, we might have had several boxes. But I just remember that was the night where we had a guy in, a, in the fraternity house named Joel. And he was talking all this shit. Talking a big game about how much Joel he was Joel talking drink. shit? I don't believe Joel it. Joel talking shit. He never shit. talks shit. I know. <laughs> and he picked the wrong time to do it. Because he made it about halfway through the Wine Power Hour. Before he started uh, vomiting everywhere and passing it on the floor, and then he passed out on the floor, and in his pool of vomit was like a cigarette he must have drank. Oh, so that God. was pretty gross. Oh. <laughs> that explains oh. why Joel, like, by the time I came around, he like barely drank anymore. Yeah, it broke him. It broke his spirit. The power, the wine power hour is especially sneaky, even more so than the beer power hour, because you feel at first like you can do it, like you, like it's not mm. a problem. You feel like it's totally, yeah, it's just a little bit of wine, right? And then you get to like minute 30, minute 40, and then you're starting to realize yeah. like, oh my God, can I even do one more of these? Because you start to feel that wine, just like so much wine that just builds up and it starts to, yep. you almost start to get a wine hangover immediately because you put so much in your body so quickly. And yeah, then it becomes a real challenge. But we did it. We did it, damn it. I'll tell a quick story about a wine power hour. Term, were you guys in school when Larry Johnson was uh, playing at Penn State? Um, I don't think you were. No, I think you graduated. No, I think I was graduated. So Larry Johnson, Heisman, he's in the Heisman uh, ceremony, whatever, didn't win. Um, we're pre-gaming for the Heisman ceremony, of course, with the of wine course, power. Of why hour. wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so I passed out and don't remember the Heisman ceremony at all. <laughs> One of my pledge brothers, who I won't embarrass him and say his name live on the air in front of thousands of people, but woke up downstairs in the basement in the uh, the kegerator behind the bar, having shit his pants. <laughs> he woke up in the kegerator. Wow! Yes, like he crawled inside that yes. fucking. He's lucky he didn't die in there. Very lucky. Very lucky. Jesus, and he shit his pants. That's amazing. <laughs> I should at this time, uh, I should recognize that this is live for those in the Lions of Liberty Pride. That's why it's very important, oh so essential, to support your favorite libertarian podcast, this one, 
in case you're wondering. The greatest libertarian variety show on earth, uh, Lions of Liberty, over at Patreon at patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty. And uh, members of Patreon, members of the Pride, get to uh, watch the live streams here, get to be in the secret Facebook group. So isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? It's very nice. And uh, I actually went to bumwine.com, which is a website. Ah, Nice. Check it out. They should be paying. Now they should be fucking our sponsor. I wonder if we could reach out to email them right now in real time, Odie, and tell them they need to sponsor our show. Uh, probably not going to happen. But uh, I just, they have some rankings here for the, the worst taste, getting wasted, and warmth. I'm not going to read all five. I'll just do top three. So <laughs> worst taste, they have Thunderbird, Wild Irish Rose, oh. and Night Train. Getting wasted, Cisco number one, Thunderbird number two, Nitrate number three, Mad Dog 2020 is number five, which I think is ridiculous. Yeah, it is. maybe like, I'm wrong. What? what do I know? I need to um, correct my my statement. I could not find Wild Irish Rose out here. I could find Nitrate out here, and it was okay. drinkable. Cisco's disgusting, though. I forgot that existed. Oh, and for warmth, whatever that means, I'm not sure. They're going to describe it. Keeps, keeps you met- warm if you're a, if you're a bum freezing to death on the street. Keeps you warm. That's why you drink these, right? Stay alive. Apparently, Mad Dog number one, Thunderbird number two, and Wild Irish Rose number three. Mm-hmm. Oof. Excellent. I don't know. I think Mad Dog is the best, actually. Well, it depends because there's so many different flavors. Yeah, they're getting zanier as they go. Like, there's. Have you ever guys actually tried to look at uh, Mad Dog lately? They have like insane flavors. It's like I have not. kiwi, strawberry, pineapple. Awesome. Ooh, they all good. taste like shit. They do, except the lime. The lime's drinkable. All right, enough bum wine talk. Let's all let's right, move enough on bum that. wine talk. So, if we actually want to talk about libertarian related things, uh, we've got one here from Tom quote unquote Morm Morm Mormran Potter. I don't know why that word is in quotes. I don't know if that is supposed to be mean that it's not really his middle name or that it's not even a real word. M O R M H A R A N in quotes. What mm. could be the meaning? Let's just talk about what the meaning of that word is. What do you guys think? Is, is it like quoting like Mormon, but not really Mormon? Maybe, I, but I it's Mormon. There's another R yeah. after the, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't really know. Hopefully it's not his real name that we're just totally, you know, just butchering. Fun of, butch- butchering now. But then that's why the quotes. Then I would ask you, why the quotes, Tom? Why the quotes? But anyway, we'll move on to your question. Uh, Tom asks, he says, I have assessed the aggression aspect of the NAP as applying to quote unquote violence and not necessarily aggress- aggression or or wrestling would be a violation and a person would be unable to defend against violence. Uh, I, w- I would like to hear your thoughts on that. That's kind of a, a vague thing, but he does put a more uh, more straightforward question here. At what point does aggression become violence and drops the other shoe of the NAP? So I think I think what he's trying to get at here is like every act of violence is not necessarily aggression. Uh, so where does violence become aggression and how do we kind of split that up? So I think I think that's where Tom is going with all this. What do you guys think? I don't know. It kind of reminds me of uh, when is, you know, it's like the conversation that always happens within sexuality, right? If you're hooking up with somebody, when is it, when does it go from, I'm Always trying goes to back to laid. sex with Brian. <laughs> well, no, this is a good example, but it, it, I mean, it's like anything. It's like, where does it stop being, I'm trying to get laid and turn into now I'm just raping somebody because it's, I mean, it's a very right to the rape analogies for Brian. <laughs> well, it's, it's literally the same thing that we're talking about. It's a question of, I think, like anything, it's going to be a question of comfort, a question of um, of attitude and safety. If you if it, if it reaches a point where you're no longer a willing participant and your safety is called into question, I think that then that's a that's where the switch flips. Otherwise, like you said, you know, wrestling is not necessarily uh, an act of aggression. I mean, 
that's not to say that people interpreting something as an act of aggression makes it so, because of course it's very subjective as well. And and what starts as not an act of aggression could become one, uh, much like I guess Brian's analogy here. Like right. two two guys could be kind of drunk and just start wrestling around, and that's not aggression because they're both sort of you know in on it. As long you know as long as they're both doing it sort of together, uh, there's no aggression there. Uh, but then if it goes a little too far, let's say one guy gets an advantage and starts really cranking on on someone's head, and then the guy says, "All right, no stop," and he, and he keeps going and says, "All right, no stop," and then he really keeps going. All right, well now at some point you are really committing aggression because now this is no longer a consensual fun wrestling activity. Uh, we should have Lions of Liberty Wrestling events. What do you guys think? I think that that will end badly. Uh, I think <laughs> do it in, in Mexico and then get the uh, stem cells afterwards. Exactly, exactly. Wild Irish wrestling. That's Lucha Libre and stem cell Lions of Liberty uh, trips. Oh, and if you're wondering what the stem cell reference is to, that was discussed on our bonus show that only the Lions of Liberty probably got to hear in the live stream. So just another motivation if if you weren't already motivated enough to go to our patreon to help our good friends at donorsy who are doing awesome things uh to fight the lockdowns and help people that are affected by that stuff so um yeah i'll probably stop promoting it for a few minutes though patreon.com slash lines liberty go send money <laughs> but it's like but so, just getting back so, to this we'll go to i'm just, just to say like aggression looking at the definition because i'm reading it right now in front of my face but so First definition, hostile or violent behavior attitudes toward another. So right now in the definition is violence. Um, readiness to attack or confront. Secondary definition, the action or an act of attacking without provocation. So maybe we don't, maybe we're using the word aggression in the wrong way. Um, if aggression really does mean violence, attacking someone without provocation. Um, I think whoever came up with the non-aggression principle probably was using the word aggression in the, uh, the you know, properly defined. So maybe the word is kind of morphed into, into different meanings. Maybe. I mean, I also think that but it applies, you know, in a broader sense outside of violence, too. Because you can say, you know, acts of aggression in regards to property values and property rights as well, where you're, if you're aggressing on someone's property by damaging it, I guess you'd still argue that as some sort of violence. But clearly you can see an indication of like harm has been done. And I think that's probably where the, the line would be as well as like, are you, have you stopped uh, or have you begun something that is doing harm that is not consensual? Because I would argue, I mean, we talked about uh, the Germans and how they have contracts for like, I'm going to come over there and you can kill me and eat me and I want you to do it. You know, if it's consensual harm, that's different, but virtually anything, be, be it a person, be it private property, be it a business entity, um, the intent to cause harm or the effect of causing harm would be where that aggression comes into play. Yeah, I mean, as soon as you get to that point where it's no longer a consensual activity, and this is where, I don't know, libertarian theory might come in. Like, what if someone signs a contract to be cooked and eaten, and then uh, they get cold feet at the last minute, and they decide they don't want to be cooked and eaten? I mean, you, know, you signed this? This is your yeah, signature. I mean, is the contract more valid than the fact that you changed your mind? I, I think you always have the right to decide not to have your life taken, and you always have the right to not consent that for that, even even in, in a, if you've signed a contract. But that's more, that might be a, a Walter block question that's though. a Maybe that's have... a high stakes arbitration if that, you're yeah, like, guys sitting on that you're like all right this is a binding legal document and somebody's just waiting there to see if they're gonna be eaten or not it does say right here he can eat you <laughs> we, we already paid to... for the lions so <laughs> going back on this now really he that's... bought this he bought this giant pot sir you're gonna have to re- you have to compensate him for the the cost of the giant cauldron he was gonna cook you in fair enough 
But uh, Tom Potter, I hope that helped helps you a little bit. Helps you get some insight into that question of violence versus aggression. Uh, we have another. Well, this might be one. I'm not sure of all the ones. Maybe you got Brian to. should read this one. I think you know it probably relates most to him. Which one were you gonna? Which one did you think I, I was? Well, uh, never mind. I'm, I'll read it. I was kidding. Um, it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, by Sam Engel, and no question, he oh, well, just that, wanted that, to. We don't need to read all the comments because I read a bunch of these on 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 the show on Monday. But we can just. Did Brian read. hear it though? I don't know if he heard it. Oh, I don't know. If Brian I, heard uh, it. In that case, I heard. Read it. Uh, what is this? What is right. it? He just said, Sam said that Felony Friday is one of his favorite uh, you know, shows to watch, episodes that they do, that we do. <laughs> and Mark Clare is also fantastic. That's it. That's it. Left nope. me out? Nope. <laughs> Sam hey, Engel no made a powerful enemy. <laughs> no a very mention. powerful enemy. No mention at all. You better hope you don't run into me when I'm hopped up on fucking night train. But the next one that out, is... Uh, you'll find out where that NAP switch gets flipped. The next Somewhere. question is is a, a question or a show topic for John. So you might want to you know, have a guest on down the road uh, at some point going into this further. But I think it's, it'll be pretty easy to discuss our opinions on this. But he... But, uh, well, his, his username is 6BB1DD9MM. <laughs> and uh, he says... Uh, this podcast is an awesome way to keep up with all things liberty. I love the Felony Friday ones the most. Question show topic for John. Expungements and restoring your Second Amendment rights after a felony. Not really a question, just a topic to do bad around. We can talk about this here. I think it's a good one to talk about here. Yeah, let's do it then. Talk about it. Go. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll kick it off. I mean, you know, I, I think that across the – I mean, first of all, let me start with one of the – you know, back in the day before podcasting, we used to write articles at Alliance of Liberty. Amazingly enough, I don't remember how to write anymore. Mark's writing a book now, now though, so good for you, Mark. But, um, and my, the, by far the most popular article, which, which still gets an incredible amount of hits, was something that I forget what the, you know, all the content was, but basically it was around felons getting their Second Amendment rights restored. And it still gets all kinds of hits every single day because it's a popular topic. You know why? Because there's a lot of people who are felons who want their Second Amendment right restored. You want their rights back. And I think as people, you know, as the community of people who have been previously incarcerated and are in that category, I think they're all in agreement um, that they want their rights back. I think they should. I've never met a felon who agrees and says, oh, yes, I agree. I should not be able to get a you know, after I get out of prison, I shouldn't be able to uh, defend myself. That'd be it's ridiculous. Like, it's like those like, goddamn billionaires that are like, tax me more. You don't get exactly. that with the... Uh, the well, there's a lot of them, actually. But. Yeah, there are. Assholes. Because <laughs> they don't pay the income tax. But anyway, that's a whole <laughs> different topic. Um, but, yeah, I, I think they should get all their rights back. Every right that we have, you know, voting, traveling, anything. Any right that we have, they should have. Uh, it's ridiculous to free someone from prison, um, say, here you go, you can go back into the community, but... You can't vote, which everyone else can do. You can't defend yourself, with which everyone else can do. You can't get a license to start this business, which everyone else could do. Um, it's not a level playing field. And obviously, it's go- I mean, people who do want to get a gun to do harm to someone else, they're going to do it. It's not going to stop them. It's ridiculously naive to think that it would. So yeah. what do you guys think? I totally agree. And also, you know, it's like, remember the old concept? They, they used to say this in every movie when people get out of prison. They're like, your debt to society has been paid. You know, like, that's the thing. You go in, you spend your time. That's your punishment. You're, you know, you're fucking being forced to, to build highways and clean up shit and make license plates. So you are doing things for the, uh, the state while you're in there for society. And, yeah, when you come out, you should have every right. Absolutely every single one come back. You should be able to vote. You should, I mean, honestly, 
I get aggravated the fact that you come out of prison and there is a felony on your record. Going to prison, you, when you come out, you should have a clean slate. That's the point. You went in, you mm-hmm. did your fucking time. When you come out, that's it. No more, no more fucking stigma, no more uh, limitations. Just you're free, you're a citizen, go. I agree. Say you, Mark. I agree completely. If someone is deemed to be, you know, they can be free in the society, they're not in jail for whatever reason they were in jail for, they probably shouldn't have even been in jail for the first place for whatever, you know, based on libertarian principles, based on what we know about the the populace of our prison system, most people are in there for victimless crimes. Uh, And even in the cases where they're not victimless, uh, the cases of fraud, uh, anything but murder, I think that stuff should be all be conducted through having to pay restitution. That's that's the thing with our justice system. There's not it's not about restitution. It's not it's not about restoring the victim. It's just about punishment, punishment, and punishment. And the fact that even after people are incarcerated, they are still punished for in so many different Mm -hmm. ways is absolutely absurd. When they've already faced this ultimate punishment of having pretty much zero freedom for whatever years it was, and then we let them out, and we still now we still don't even give them the chance to fully re compensate their lives we make it hard for them to get an apartment hard for them to vote uh, not that voting is really all that important in the grand scheme of things i could, I could care less about it personally but uh if we're going to have rights they should all be the same either way so if you're a, if you're a free man uh or even not a free man you should all be free damn it but we should all have the same rights regardless well voting for like president or senator probably one vote's not going to make a difference but yeah voting for uh you know different ballot initiatives voting for your like, local sheriff that might be the one the asshole yeah. that puts like yeah. shoves people in jail for drugs you know that could matter. That could matter. That could matter. Indeed, indeed, indeed. So I think we've covered that topic quite well. Uh, let's skip a couple down to the next one that poses a question. This one is from Weatherman, <laughs> and uh, he says, "Give us, can you give us your best argument in defense of an ANCAP nation?" Now I'm going to start right there and just say that, technically speaking, mm-hmm. on a technical level. I guess that's what technically speaking means. Uh, you wouldn't really have an ANCAP nation because it wouldn't be a nation if you were really ANCAP, meaning you really had anarchy. You really had uh, no ruling structure per se. Uh, the ruling structures were simply determined by private property and uh, agreements between property owners and that sort of thing. Now, that being said, uh, these there are different definitions of nation and that sort of thing. I think you can certainly have an ANCAP nation in a sense, as long as you are, as long as everything is based on individual rights and property rights. I mean, I think you could, you could have an, an organization, quote unquote, that is almost resembles the United States that just respects property rights all the way up. You can have towns that are formed by literal agreements between neighbors that say, you know, we have conjoining properties. We want to chip in and sort of have a, a, a governing structure that we all agree on. We want to have an opt out system so you can get out of it. Um, you could have those little, you know, basically those are that I would, I would certainly call any organization like that that's done voluntarily anarchy in the sense that libertarians talk about anarchy. Uh, and there's no reason those little towns and those little cities, whatever you want to call them, city states maybe, wouldn't associate with each other and have certain agreements uh, on arbitration, on disputes, on perhaps on mutual defense. Uh, so you can see how you could even have something that almost looked like the United States with different towns, different states, uh, different systems overlapping each other. But it's all done with the respect of individual rights and property rights. It's all based on on really a core principle and not really just on the arbitrary sort of rule that we have now that you would be would be called, you know, more more towards tyranny than say the anarchy side of things. So what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I would agree. It's just, it's kind of one of those interesting things where when you break it down and look at it honestly, it's something where it it, it would be very similar. And this is where where people, you know, especially on the left laugh at, at libertarian and say, oh, how can you have these things? You go, you want anarchy in the streets, you wouldn't work. And you, you, when you break it down, it's literally 
quite similar to what we'd have, except a little bit more, as you said, uh, keeping the checks and balances, keeping it on a voluntary basis. But you would, yeah, it would naturally evolve to the point where people want to have a society that operates freely and operates uh, in a similar manner to what we have, because there's a reason that we have society in virtually anywhere you go that operates with these voluntary interactions. And it's just continuing to focus on the voluntary aspect of it as you build the society out. So it's going to continue to function no matter what. It's just keeping the checks and balances and keeping that, um, that private property focus uh, front and foremost. And when you're talking to people about it, I think using that as an example to say, look, we're not so far apart here. We're just trying to, to rein in some of the more uh, overarching powers that have become the de facto operating way uh, of the state works then you might actually have a conversation where people could open up their minds a little bit to it. I'm yeah. going to say something that's going to piss off the ANCAPs right now. I'm gonna, <laughs> people are going to be throwing tomatoes at their phones and that's be like, why did I throw for. a tomato at my phone? Why'd you make me do that, Odie? Sorry, I apologize. But I'll tell you right now, if you want to brand something, ANCAP, anarchy, and force that goal forward right now in this climate or 10 years from now, 20 years from now, the word anarchy has been tarnished and you're not going to start a movement behind behind it. So I agree with you. You're never going to have an ANCAP nation under that title because it's never going to get traction. So that's a branding thing. But anyway, the idea of anarchy, I understand what anarchy is. I understand what you mean by anarchy. Um, You know, without, uh, without rulers, I I get it, but that's not the way that 95, 98, 99% of the population understands it. But I think under, you know, the best defense of a, of a, of a free society really is, you know, you're just contrast contrasting it against uh, the coercive society that we have today. So how can we do things without uh, coercion? I mean, could we have um, roads without coercion? Could we have garbage collection without coercion? Could we have uh, security and, you know, keeping our communities safe without coercion? I hope so. I mean, we're not animals. I think we could figure all that stuff out. So it's, it's sort of framing the argument and kind of taking the high ground when you're talking with people. And I think Brian does a good job of that when he does his bar talks about ways to sort of enter these conversations. And, you know, I, I, I think defending a, a, an ANCAP nation starts with uh, finding an agreement with someone and building out from there. Right. And that's kind of like what I was getting at is that all the things that people want in the society would still be there. You know, it's like it, it just because it becomes ANCAP doesn't mean that you lose access to these things and people, you know, just allowing people to wrap their minds around how that would work within a voluntary framework, how roads could easily be privatized. How, I mean, even trash collection, you know, it's, it's still privatized. It's, uh, you know, I pay the trash people to come. I pay them directly. I don't pay my state government to do it. So just, you know, it's like anything else. It, it, would, it would come to be because where there is a demand, where people want a service, uh, be it as a function of travel, uh, of commerce, of trash collection, whatever it might be, it will happen. So it's just we on a microcosm scale um, instead of a macro scale. Right, right, right. I think we've tackled that one heartily, my friends. And yeah, to me, it's not about like, yeah, Odie might have some good points about the marketing aspect of it. I kind of go back and forth on it. But um, just in, in terms of the actual defense of the free society, whatever you want to call it, I mean, that's what's more important to me than, you know, I guess the market, the marketing, well, I guess the marketing is more important ultimately in many ways. too. Yeah. I think we need to rely more on voluntary. You know, I think the, I think the phrase voluntary rather than, 
you know, ANCAP or or Anarchy is going to be more in our favor. I think people grasp that concept immediately. And when they hear Anarchy, to your point, they think of fucking riots and they think of CHOP. It doesn't. It doesn't go in our direction once they make that association. Yeah, that's that's the problem. Every you know anarchy display of anarchy we see, which is not anarchy. You see people breaking in Starbucks windows or whatever. That's not anarchy. That's violence. Um, yeah, exactly. But they call it anarchy, and it's wrong. It's not. But that's that's what it's labeled as. But I, I don't know. It's. Uh, Marketing like, is it's, marketing it's like, is e- equally as important as the ideas because the ideas, if you can't advance the ideas with marketing and branding, then the ideas are no good. Right. It's like if I, you know, at this point, I think the battle for the phrase anarchy would be like um, people who bundle sticks together trying to fight to get fag back, you know? <laughs> wow that's quite an analogy holy crap well, is that a real movie it's like i mean but it's the same thing it's like it's too far fucking gone man like hey stick bundlers the fat you know fag is gone it's not coming back you're not gonna be able to reclaim that word and i feel like the same thing about there's anarchy. one guy out there that his family's been bundling sticks for generations he's, <laughs> he's like damn it i started these fag works and i want to keep it. I'm taking it back, but it's too late. It's too. I'll late, get right? me word back eventually. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Anyway. Hey there, kitty cats. I need to take a quick time out here to tell you about another awesome libertarian podcast. This is our good friends Nate and Charlie over at Good Morning Liberty. These son of a guns, they do this thing five days a week, and they absolutely kill it. Uh, these guys are both musicians, and they both actually own a business working in the healthcare IT industry. So they've seen a lot of what goes on in a highly intervened in market like healthcare. So they have a lot of great insights, and they really do a bang up job. Talking talking about current events and really speaking to a lot of the news that's in the headlines and filtering it all through the ideas of liberty and kind of uh, shutting down socialist solutions that come up. So you can find more by subscribing on all your favorite podcasts app. Wherever you listen to this one, you can probably find, not probably, you can definitely find Good Morning Liberty or you can check out their website, BernieLies.com. What a great name. Head over to BernieLies.com or search for Good Morning Liberty. You are not going to regret subscribing to this awesome show. Are we skipping the QAnon question? I want to talk QAnon. No, we're not skipping it. Did I skip Good. it? Good. I want to make sure. Okay. Well, here we are. Where we're is it? it? I did actually okay. skip it by accident. I didn't mean to. Yeah. Well, Okay. Brian, I wasn't sure if that was it. intentional because you were hiding something. Uh, yeah, yeah. So from Life and Liberty 17, what is your take on the QAnon movement? And, um, you know, honestly, I had to... I don't know how I read so many stories because how he sends the news links through uh, again to pump the uh, the Patreon. If you're fifteen dollars or more, you get the news links. And he sends how many news links do you think he sends a day? Two hundred. It's unbelievable. It's insane. This is why <laughs> like, we charge a premium sends, for it. <laughs> he sends like seven eight emails, and we put them all in together one to one big email for you guys. But he sends. And by us, we, we mean our VA. Yes, our VA. Our VA does all the hard Shout work. out to Michael Corbis, who does the yes, hard Which he does Michael listen, Corbis. so I mean, he might be listening. Yeah, thank you, Michael. So oh, good, good thing I only said nice things about him. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's his birthday. One time a year, we mentioned. We'll do a bonus uh, show where we really rip into him. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he said, I mean, how he pulls, I don't even know how the fuck he pulls it. It's got to be 200 links. So anyway, um, but he, a lot of them don't pull in a lot of the QAnon stuff. And when, when somebody asked me this, and I, and some reason, my sister had asked me, it's like, do you believe in QAnon? And I was like, oh, well, let me Google it to make sure I understand what it fucking is. But it just seems like it's, you know, basically was begun from 
the deep state coup against Donald Trump, which is 100% fucking real. And for anybody to deny it is just an asshole um, and denying reality. But I think it was born out of that. And then I guess now it's just becoming a, a movement, right? I mean, I'm seeing politicians that they say are backed by QAnon and there's a big community of people that are backing this and, and believe in the conspiracies of the deep state. And so in that regards to that, anything that's going to have people wake up and realize that the state is fucking evil and that these people exist and they're unelected is a good thing. So I'm all for it. The question is, is there a real guy who is calling himself Q, who is really an insider, who is actually like leaking information and showing people that were really, you know, the Trump administration for all, all the bad things it might do on the surface is really in there secretly doing things like putting away pedophiles and, you know, trying to end the wars and, and all these things. That's, that's to me the question of what is the QAnon movement. I mean, I would agree in general, any, any movement that creates more skepticism of the system and more, a more critical look at it might be a good one. I don't, I don't say it always is because we also have, um, you know, I mean, it could go the, the wrong direction because there's, it's also a very nationalist element to the QAnon movement too. So these things can really is. go either way. Um, but do you think there's really like the, what this whole thing is based on is that there's a guy named Q that's in the Trump administration? And, I, I don't know. I mean, it's like it, there was there was some other story that was similar to this, like with WikiLeaks. Remember, there was supposedly somebody inside that was leaking this or that and that information. I don't fucking believe any of that shit. I don't believe there was one special guy. I think it's probably, if anything, it could be several several people. It could be. Um, somebody that knows people or just hears rumors. It's kind of like reminds me of entertainment lawyer. Have you heard of this guy who was uh, within mm-hmm. Hollywood? People would send him rumors or uh, dirt that they would hear on set or that they'd hear about. And he would write about pedophilia and he would always have these blind items, right? And so it'd say, you know, this famous director was caught with a 15-year-old boy and then later on he'd go and reveal who it was. But it kind of gave him an anim- anonymity to talk about topics and talk about and tell these stories about how people were being shitty or fucking around or doing whatever uh, without getting exposed. And he's gotten a lot of publicity, but it's, again, aided by people feeding him information. So I think it's probably more something like that. I doubt this person's actually within the Trump cabinet or something like that. We can. Well, it's I mean, what has given him traction or not him, but the QAnon movement traction is that they predicted some things right, allegedly. But is anybody keeping track of like what they've predicted wrong? Like, (laughs) yeah, exactly. It's one of those things that you throw all this stuff out there. Of course, you're going to get some stuff right. And that's really how you um, understand if, you know, something, if if something or some person has a good view on reality and how they predict, you know, what happens. Uh, Honestly, I, I haven't followed Q really at all. So no, neither of I, I mean, I know a little bit on the fringes of, of what happens, but I'm not not in on the, the movement in depth. But it, it's it's interesting. Um, and it, it's interesting because there's so much shady shit going on right now in this country. Yeah. So it wouldn't Which, surprise me if there was, you know, somebody who is Q in the uh, embedded in the Trump administration. I, I think it's very, very unlikely, probably less than five percent chance, but it's possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mark's just All reading right. to himself. By uh, the way, just thinking about uh, percentage of times being right. At what point do people, and this is something I think the Libertarian Party needs to take on, and especially during this candidacy, really drive home. Like the Libertarian Party needs to, it's like fucking list issues, list in list. Like here's the things that we've been right about for the past thirty fucking years, and like click off like inflation, war, uh, you know, policing, like all these things that we've been right about all this entire time, because all this shit that keeps happening 
I'm just like checking boxes that I was arguing about. Even like I had arguments with people about uh, the, you know, the, the leaks and the whole Russiagate scandal. It's like, you know, not that the Libertarian Party is right about that, but we, we need to start taking credit for the things that, this, that the Libertarian philosophy has gotten fucking right because it's about 90% accuracy. True, but you also have to lump into that people like Peter Schiff who just say the same thing over and over and well, over again for true, 30 years. That, yeah, yeah, well, obviously. But I mean, but I think the, the purview is much broader than Schiff. Yeah, I know. I just, just an example. But, yeah. But I, I think that the party does do a little bit of that with, you know, saying, yeah, whatever, what was their founding? 1960 something? They've yeah. been for gay rights since 1960, right. you know, been, been against endless wars since, since the founding. So, it's, I mean, yeah. they, do, they do stuff like that. Oh, Mark's got a P. I don't know why you typed that instead of saying it. Because <laughs> I was trying to be low key, but I guess I well, guess talk about it. Not on this podcast. So I'm going to tee up the next question for Brian because it's specifically asked of Brian, and uh, I have an idea of what he's going to say. During that time, I'm going to quickly pee uh, while you guys chat. But the question- gonna, here, wait. I'm going to give. I, here's the plan. I'll give my answer, and then you can come back and give what you think that I said while you were gone. Okay. I like it'll be an interesting. It'll great. be an interesting game, and okay. I I will judge. I will judge the accuracy. <laughs> All right. Well, the question comes from Slumdog parentheses millionaire, <laughs> and he says, Brian, if you're reading this, <laughs> I don't know why it's just for you actually, but I guess because you've you've talked about this before. My question would be, in your opinion, what is the best case for and against intellectual property law? I will- I already answered this on my own show. You answered you- the whole thing. Um- bastard yeah that's why that's why when i when i was gonna go to the bathroom i was gonna uh, just listen to the episode and then tell you what you said the first time so that was Uh, give give a quick uh give a quick summary mark go to the bathroom i'll give a summary while i pee for those that missed that episode of yellow all right like myself come back and (laughs) and give your your uh take on what i said okay okay well go mark otherwise you're cheating at the game i'm going move it he's going right now he's wearing a diaper Ah, you know, I actually one time tried to buy adult diapers for a costume and you can only buy them in bulk. I was going to go as like a big baby or something. And I, and I, you can only buy them in bulk. I was like, well, I don't want to buy 50 fucking adult diapers. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah. So in regards to IP, I actually was on, I, I was supposed to go to Europe to do the free market road show. And of course, COVID fucked me in the ass on that. Lost a week in Europe, paid fare, but Intellectual property, I used to be against it. Now I'm actually, or I used to be for it. Now I'm actually against it. And basically the reason is because just like any other form, intellectual property is essentially, it it pretends to be to protect someone's rights to a concept or idea, right? And while I can understand that, especially where research and development are concerned with like a drug industry or technology, where it does, if there's no intellectual property, I think it does hamper somebody's interest in providing millions and millions of dollars into research and development. But at the same time, what you end up having happen a lot of times is that like so many other regulations, it simply helps large entities. It helps people that have the lawyers and have the ability to fight these these fights to protect intellectual property where independent entrepreneurs might be able to come up and compete in that market. So all it is, is a barrier to competition. Uh, and all it is, is effectively doing is giving people have the ability and the funding to fight these wars and to protect uh, a concept which may not be singular to them. So now I am very much anti-IP. So follow-up question, what, what would you say to people 
who say, well, okay, if you don't have intellectual property, then you won't have anyone developing new drugs because somebody could just steal it or new, you know, the new uh, invention, somebody could steal it. Well, well you, you have what, you, what is called first to market advantage. And that does go a long way, wherein you, if you're first to market, it's still going to take your competitors quite a bit of time to clone a drug and make, you know, make a similar uh, a type of thing. So you can get a lot done. And you also have the ability to market that, to brand it, to get, the, to, to get trust from the consumer, where people aren't necessarily always going to default and be like, oh, okay, there's a drug out that does this. And then this knockoff drug, and again, this can be part of the marketing, but the knockoff is now on the market. So I should just take that you still have an incentive to do it. And look, if there's money to be made uh, targeting something, you should be able to, I mean, regardless of the research and development that goes into it, you should, you're probably still going to go for it. Because if you don't do it, somebody else is going to do it. And then you're not making any money in the first place. So there's still an incentive to go after it. And really, when we're talking about, especially like pharmaceuticals and R&D, you get the motherfucking FDA out of the way. And the cost to do all that R&D drops by about 80%. Agreed. Well, Mark heard most most of it, but you missed. He the heard, yeah. Mark heard at least half, but what? Any guesses what, what, on the? Part yeah, go ahead, Mark. What did you think I was going to say though? Because maybe uh, maybe it was different when I said. I thought you were going to say I used to be for IP because I was a, a a struggling writing comedian and I didn't want anyone to steal my brilliant ideas. And then one day I read a book, a book by Stephen Kinsella that I heard about on the very first episode of Lions of Liberty called <laughs> Against Intellectual Property. And then my life was changed forever. And now I know that it really just hinders people's <laughs> rights to create and to be free. And that's why I'm here at Lions of Liberty to help the world live long and yep, live that free. Is, is that exactly was it? Something like that verbatim. It's very close. Also, to Mark Claire has inspired me throughout the years to to shape my views and um, all, all of that stuff. Yada yada. yada. Now that, that that part I definitely didn't. All right, Odie Judge, was I close? I'll give you a seventy percent close. <laughs> the first part was kind. Well, of that's how much of it I heard. So that's, that's about right. I didn't listen. I, the Kinsella stuff was too boring for me. I didn't listen to it. I started. I was like, you've I can't. never listened to the very first episode of Lions. Of the I listened to like ten minutes of it, and I was like, I can't. All right, I'm gonna. About- I just came up with an idea. What do you guys think? Uh, we do a live for the pride only for our Patreon supporters because uh, this is too much for the public. Although the public can go listen, they can't. They, I, can't I can't stop them because it's up there. We'll do a live <laughs> listen of my first episode of Lions of Liberty. <laughs> oh, wow. like a, and we can like a director's I, I cut we can do a commentary we can laugh about it and how bad of a host i am and oh god back when you did the maybe not the, the mark, first the mar- one i mean because Stephen could the thing about Stephen could sell is he's almost he goes, like he talks he's, he's similar to scott horton but yeah. worse because it's a super dry topic at least scott horton I well, mean, that'll, scott give us, talking, yeah. that'll give us time to like chat and do, do, do uh, yeah not, not we are fans of scott horton of course but yeah scott i remember i was joking with mark because we had him on two times and the one time it was Bark and I and Scott Horton. And also we did like a live show with him and he just, he don't shut up <laughs> ever. And you can't get a word in edgewise at all. So you're doing a show where like we're all on stage with him. And then it was like me, Stapleton, Scott Horton and Mark. And eventually of the four of us, Jason was like, all right, he walks off stage. Then Mark left. Then I was just like, okay, we all just left the stage because Scott Horton wouldn't shut up. Nobody else could talk. <laughs> We all yeah. ended up drinking at the bar, waiting for that, him to stop talking. That did happen, but uh, <laughs> that's a true story. He's a he's a great interview because it's it's a really at least from an editing standpoint, it's really easy because there, there's yeah. no transitions. There's just question and then forty minutes of Scott Horton answering it. All right, yeah. <laughs> uh, Maybe he. But yeah, can, I would totally like to do a review show. Maybe you know, it would be fun. Maybe the like Kane was like the the fourth 
show or something or the fifth show, right? Yeah, but that's actually a decent interview. So you. <laughs> Well, but it's more, point it's, more mocking, it's more just mocking the the character that was Mark Claire at that point in time. Hey, that's welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. I don't think. Hey, that's Mark, quite Mark accurate. paved the way. Come on, take it easy. <laughs> I give him full credit. I've I've given Mark credit for paving the way before, but we can still make fun of his ridiculous radio. Someone voice. had to suck so you guys could be could thrive, and now <laughs> yes. be better than me. Yep. I'm glad so you. I can ultimately. So we could ultimately ultimately make millions from this, and I can retire to Mexico ultimately. early. That'd be great. Ultimately, is next. What's week. next? What do we have on. next? What is next? All right, let's see. My phone is. Let uh, us see. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, so this one, since Brian was already going on about the Libertarian Party a bit, this is a good transition. Uh, he says, "Who says Jedi Mind Trick Six Twenty One? This is uh, in response to John's solicitations for Felony Friday. I don't think you'd, you'd address this one on the show. I could be wrong. I did not. No, I wanted okay. to save this one for a roundtable. Oh, okay. So should, we, should I not even mention it? No, no. This is this is. Oh, yeah, this is, this is the roundtable. Oh, okay, great. All right. So <laughs> Jedi Mind Trick 621 says, what, did, what do you think would be the economic impact if we suddenly pardoned everyone that was imprisoned for nonviolent crimes, as Joe Jorgensen has suggested? Specifically, do you see any negative – any potential negative impacts by releasing so many people all at once? That's the one I want to focus on the most because we all I actually might've answered this one. I, I might've lied, but, uh, but you guys go first and then I'll, I'll, I'll summarize. <laughs> okay. Potential negative impacts. The only, honestly, the only really potential negative impacts by releasing so many people at once potentially is that some of those people in prison for nonviolent crimes might actually be violent people, coincidentally. You know, it might actually be bad people that do that are still in such a bad situation getting out of prison that they do turn to crime. They do turn to robbery. They do turn to even violent crime. I can't deny that's a potential, um, a potential, you know, problem that could. Well, happen. especially if we don't let allow them to uh, to scrap the felony tag on exactly. their fucking record. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, exactly. If we keep the the like what we discussed earlier, if we keep in place the things that ho- hold people back that have been in prison that have had felonies on their record and release them, that's almost. I mean, that's like I'm not going to say it's worse because they should be out. I mean, I'm all for them being out, but uh, it could cause problems, you know. Um, but I I'm I'm for it. I'm 100 percent for it. If you're, I mean, nonviolent maybe should be further defined because. I don't know. Fraud is nonviolent, but if you've defrauded someone of a, of a million dollars, I don't think you should just get away with that. I don't think you should be. I, I mean, I, I think, again, this goes back to what our justice system should be. It should be about retribution. Prison should be a place where maybe you have to stay because you're earning your retribution for somebody. You have to earn back that million dollars plus interest that you defrauded somebody from uh, or defrauded somebody of. So, I mean, that that's really what our prison system needs to change to. Not even, I don't even say our prison system because I don't even think prison is really the way for this. I mean, if prisons are going to exist, they should be just for the truly most violent people that cannot be contained in any other way. And um, I don't know. I think even even in an ANCAP society, those people would eventually be contained in another way by a, by a fully armed and functional society. Yeah. So. It's, kind of, it's kind of like, I, yeah, I'd rather have nobody go to prison except murderers. And then there's one sentence. If, you're, if you murder somebody, uh, you just go to prison and you stay there. Forever. Like you killed somebody. You're, you're just in prison. That's it. You don't, come, you don't even come back out. Everybody else, can't, you, know, you don't have to go to prison. It's murderers, you stay in prison. And pedophiles, you stay in prison. Um, okay, so... I think you could also have a price on a life, you know? I mean, I, you could if if someone it depends on maybe the 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 means of the murder. I mean, if it's actual a murder, a vengeful murder, maybe those people just are always punished. But, you know, if no. it's there's a lot of well, different degrees. Well, it, it wouldn't be like yeah, it wouldn't be like for manslaughter or right, it would I mean, it would only be for like murder one. Okay. 
Yeah, because because yeah. even like second degree murder, it's like it's not pre-planned. It's it's right. Yeah, yeah. Decided in the yeah, moment. Murder, murder one would be different. Murder one's the one. Yeah, you, you go to prison, you stay in prison, and then yeah, the other ones could be. Yeah, like you said, I mean, even there is a price for life, and if you had an arbitration where you agreed, just like eating somebody, if the family's like, look, you could go free, give us four million dollars, and the guys like, yeah, okay, maybe Jeff Bezos, yeah, maybe Jeff Bezos goes killing people for four million bucks. Maybe, yeah, like, but, yeah, like, but what Jeff, if he gets to kill my uncle bucks by eating a bunch of people? <laughs> yes. Somehow, I don't know. I don't know how you monetize eating people. <laughs> yeah, but, what yeah. business model are you pitching here? <laughs> Shark Tank it. Um, I forgot the fucking original question again. Oh, oh, if you let everybody out. So here's my take on that is, yeah, you definitely have, there would be some adverse effects and there'd be some great effects. So this is kind of like the argument I have for, look, if you're in an economic rut, uh, bring home the fucking troops. Bring home, you know, 100,000 troops and let them come back into communities because these people are overseas. They've got money that they're sitting on because they're not spending money at, at the barracks. So you come home, you inject a bunch of cash for people that are now home. They're able to interact with the society and economy. You're going to inject a lot of energy into your economic status. So that's it's a similar argument to letting prisoners out. The only problem is the prisoners don't necessarily have that much money. You're going to have probably a little something from piecing together license plates. So what you would have is, as Mark talked about, a little bit of a problem where if people can't get jobs right away, they may turn to crime. You're also going to have, without a doubt, a surge in the demand for housing, which could cause uh, at least a short-term spike in housing values and make things a little bit more difficult for people trying to find homes and trying to buy new homes who aren't in prison. Um, but at the same time, you're going to have opportunity for people that are going to work for cheap. If you don't have minimum wage laws in place, then those people could find jobs instantly. People in, the, in that marketplace could find cheap, easy labor uh, right away. So there's a lot of things, I think, that hamper that happening in regards to just the system we have in place. And I think minimum wage and felony convictions being on people's records are two of the primary things there that would really stand in the way of them finding easy jobs and being able to reacclimate into society. Yeah, I just summarized my perspective. I think you guys kind of hit on it, but I, the biggest negative, it's not really a negative, it's just a reality, but it's it could turn into a negative for society is you have you know, all these people coming out that don't have any skills yeah. and uh, they don't know the technology and they're thrown back in. They don't have family to support them, where they're going to live, where they're going to work, how they're going to support themselves. They might turn back to crime, as Mark said. I don't think we have to worry about like a housing crisis from that immediately because I don't think they're going to be making enough money to to compete and buy houses. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, but I'm thinking, well, when I say housing, I don't mean just buying houses, but just, for example, apartments are going to be in short supply yeah, yeah. and supply and demand. You're not going to be, unless you, unless you're building uh, you know, massive barracks or my brilliant idea. And I think I'm going to write this for a reason article, my brilliant idea to have, I like how Brian just hired himself for a yeah, reason. Article. I did. You I have did. to attribute it to Joe Exotic, though. It's Joe Exotic's. I uh, am. Uh, it's Joe Exotic's idea, but my, my fucking brilliant tiger King, uh, model for housing and employment. It would it would solve a lot of these problems if you did have McDonald's build a fucking barracks and be like, come in, all you guys, come. You can live in the barracks. You'll get paid three dollars an hour. You will be fed. You will have uh, you know your ability to go out and and boom, there you go. Corporate housing, corporate pay. These people have a place to go and a place to work, and now you're able to work back into society. I, I mean, kind of along the same lines as that, not to get way off topic, but I have wondered why, maybe they do this, like why don't the the large tech companies, they have daycares where, you know, employees yeah. can put their kids and they can go see them during the day. None of the, do any of them have like private schools? Like does Google have their own private school where their kids can go to or like, why don't they do that? 
You know what? I, yeah, I don't know. I don't think they do, but I don't know. Hmm. That's a good question. Like, why isn't there just the Google campus? Yeah, a Google school. I'm sure it'd be the better Go- than any other. I think it'd be even yeah. worse than be, hey, the Google school for future assholes. Like, yeah, God, you can you imagine the brainwashed leftist bullshit? It'd be oh, even yeah, worse but, yeah, than the typical school system. That, yeah. That'd be a nightmare. Oh, speaking of uh, big tech, did you guys hear about, uh, I don't know how to say her name. Is it Ghislaine Maxwell? How do you say her Gis- name? I, as I said, uh, I just call her Ghislaine. Like, like J-I-Z-Z-Lane. Apparently she has a secret husband and her husband might be some like big tech uh, CEO guy. I did read she had a secret husband. I didn't, I didn't realize it was a big tech guy. That's, I forget That'd his be name. awesome. Take it out. I would ridiculous. love it if it's some fucking big wig at one of the major tech companies. Ah, oh, over the moon. So keep Bring your eyes open now. for that breaking story. Yeah, can't wait. By the way, this is way off topic, but I, there was all this talk, and Mark, I'm sure, knows about this, uh, working with the NFL and stuff, but there was this big thing about Daniel Snyder and the Redskins, and all these sports writers were talking about, like, tweeting, like, oh, my God, big news coming with the Redskins. It's going to blow everybody's mind. And they're, like, building it up, building it up for, like, uh, three days. And then the story came out, and it was, like, bullshit. It was, it was I mean, not bullshit. It happened, but it was, like, uh, 15 chicks were, like, well, there was sexual harassment and uh like something else and i was like okay i mean well, what was the sexual harassment that's pretty broad I it mean, wasn't I, like i haven't I, read it but i haven't i didn't read the whole story i was reading like so maybe you shouldn't have an opinion on it until you read the story well, but it wasn't they weren't being raped or anything i know that it was literally if, like if that if that's your line for for tolerance if yeah, but, being raped well, the, my point is they built this up as if it's some massive story i was expecting like pedophile ring like i lit i literally thought it was gonna be like daniel snyder was in Jis Lane's book, you know, something really crazy, or or he's dropping N-bombs at every meeting. No, it was like, you know, okay, well, so he was harassing some of the women in the office, and then he made, like, the cheerleaders a couple years ago were topless and uh, in a bikini shoot, which is shitty, but again, it's not, I thought it would be a much bigger bombshell. Well, I mean, it's not shitty empirically for my eyes, but well, but if they it's were sensual. Like, if they it's were forced, uncomfortable. It's very shitty. Well, I guess they they were not force forced, but they were uh, coerced, if you will. Go that would be that, that would be force. Yeah, they were they were essentially forced yeah. by virtue of like you get fired if you don't take off your top in front of these season ticket holders shooting doing this calendar shoot again. Really shitty, but I thought it was going to be so much more. I thought it was going to be something like of above and beyond. Uh, where you're just like, holy shit. But I'm going to say a letdown. I expected yeah, a uh, letdown. for crappier that, behavior. Uh, that franchise is uh, pretty much done. So. They're horrible. Well, as I sh- as I was saying, uh, the rename, I still think it should be called the Shedskins. What better name for uh, the snakes in Washington, D.C. to have a football team than the Shedskins, <laughs> constantly changing their colors and whatever it takes, venomous goddamn viper den. I like the just red skin potato idea myself. It is funny. That would be uh, awesome if they did it, but they won't. It'll be the re- it's going to be the goddamn red tails. I guarantee it. It will be the yeah. red tails. Yeah, they to basically uh, you know that was like one of the fighter pilots, fighter right? pilot, yeah, the Tusky Airmen groups, I think, right? No, so that's like a tribute. There's that, that movie. Remember I had that. Remember I had that great joke, and this is still a great joke even in today's society because it's on the woke side of things. I had that joke where I went and saw the movie Red Tails and I loved it. I was on the edge of my seat the entire movie because I had no idea with an all black cast who was going to die first. 
You it's not it, a bad it, joke. I mean, I the, get it. It's a very funny <laughs> joke because the black guys always get killed uh, off. No, in if it was very funny, you probably would have been able to hear the audible laughter. Every time I've told it on stage, it got a huge laugh. You two were just... That was before 2020. Now that joke would probably get you killed. That joke is that joke goes along with woke society, though. That I'm saying it's you know it's stereotypes. They always kill off the but, black characters first. Yeah, but movies. woke society doesn't have a sense of humor. So well, that's very true. I am shocked every day. I'm shocked that I haven't been canceled. Every day, every time I put an episode out, I'm like, this is the one. <laughs> this is the one they're going to come for me. Uh, which is why you need to support us on Patreon so that we don't have to worry about being fucking canceled and losing our real jobs. Exactly. Although Patreon can cancel us too, but that's another story. Yeah. Also, donate. How many more questions do we have? Because I kind of I just saw that I I while we we're talking, I do want to talk with the fucking federal police in Portland and like the crazy it's like crazy shit going on there. Have you guys All right, well, we have we have one more, I think, uh, of the questions, and the other okay. I think the other ones left are like uh, topics that Odie can come back to eventually or maybe already mm-hmm. did. But uh, there's one that I think we have not addressed. Where did it go? It's somewhere right over around here. Well, you, why don't you talk about that while I find... Okay, here it is. Uh, he says, uh, this is by, you can't take the sky from me. He says, I am a grid o- operator at a major utility and would oh, love yes. to hear how you would approach such a business that is semi-monopolistic. Are you for market-based or bilateral-based utilities. I think this topic is largely misunderstood in the mainstream, and the operating constraints of an all-renewable system are interesting, to say the least, rar. Hmm. So, I am by by no means an expert on utilities or energy or anything. Obviously, Odie has a little more experience in the energy sector, but I don't think you need to understand anything about specific about uh, a specific sector to understand how markets work. And uh, in any area that the state is providing a monopoly or a semi-monopoly to a to an organization to, let's say, have exclusive control over energy in a certain geographical area or what have you, is going to skew the market, is going to make things more expensive, is going to make things worse every single time. So I am completely for only market-based utilities. I don't actually, I will be admit my ignorance and I say, I will say, I don't exactly know. Are bilateral-based utilities when the government sort of sponsors the, the quote-unquote private company to run the utilities? Does anybody know? I don't know. I, that's what, that's what I was, it. when I, yeah, when I heard bilateral, I thought that's what they were talking about, is hiring a private company that is basically given the monopoly by the government so that's not the government running the utility unilateral. It's bilateral. They're, they're basically working on it in tandem, but a private company is running it. By virtue yeah. of that monopoly, I don't think that's much better, you know. Especially if it's a monopoly deciding who gets that bid, uh, or yeah. who gets to have that power, um, you know. But but we also have to look at the society we live in, where everything is run by by government at every level, in some way, shape, or form. So, how do we introduce a true free market of in energy and and in utilities in general? Uh, again, well, our, yeah. Go ahead. I, well, I think I, I think, kind of like I think bilateral is between two monopolies. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Kind of like the cable companies have. Sort of, yeah. yeah who want? Who do you want to fuck you? Well, if, if it's bilateral, still better than unilateral. But it also just going back to what Mark's talking about. There's also like the bullshit you see with like solar companies where you, people would get, especially in LA. I saw this happening in California. They were having solar installations where people were getting off of the public grid, and then what happened was that government was forcing these people to fucking pay in, regardless. And it's just horseshit. So, yeah, I mean, having a free open market solution to, to utilities, especially when renewables come into play, where solar gets better, where you might be able to have, um, I mean, 
you look at like different different places would have different hydroelectric. You know, if you got water water uh, coming in there, there's so many different energy sources where if you open it up, that you would have people really itching to get into that market. Whereas, what's their incentive now when you know that there's a monopoly there? You, have, you know, we're ta- like we're talking with IP. You know, when you have a monopoly, if somebody was like, I have a monopoly on all book writing in California, why would you fucking write a book in California? So getting it out of the way is better. Also, talking about, uh, there was a comment in there about sustainable or all renewable. And I talked about this on an ELL before. As of right now, there is no fucking way we can have an all renewable system. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't work. And it literally cannot work because with renewables, they don't have the battery power or the, the capacity for storage right now. Even with batteries from solar, you don't have the ability to store 70 billion batteries in case the fucking system breaks down, in case you have a rainstorm and there's not sun coming in to, to power your solar shit, or in case there's not enough wind. So as of right now, there's no way to have a sustainable only or renewable only system. You have to have fossil fuels involved because there's no other power source that has that storage capability uh, to continuously run in case there is an outage of the renewables. So it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I remember talking about this or writing about it way back in the day. Uh, and I quoted Murray Rothbard in it. I forget if it was in an article that he wrote or a book or probably both, but talk about when it comes to monopolies, like in a truly free market, you would have monopolies. But the thing that keeps monopolies in check is, you know, easy entry into the market. You don't have constraints mm-hmm. in the way. So it wouldn't be necessary that, you know, really competitor would even enter the market because it might not make sense in certain circumstances, but just the threat that they could would keep yeah. that uh, monopolistic uh, entity from, you know, price gouging and things like that. Price gouging probably being the wrong term to use there. But as, as Mark said, I mean, the problem is, is when you have those, those walls built around protecting, uh, protecting these companies. And I think what I, I think what I, I wrote about this originally was when the, the big Time Warner merger happened, which I can't remember now if that went through Time Warner AOL. Yeah, I think it did, uh, right? It yeah. did, yeah, it did. So I don't know. And then when you talk about like renewables, I, yeah, I can't see us getting to a fully renewable system. The demand on, on electricity is going up exponentially, especially with more and more people driving electric cars as, it, as that technology gets better and better, which it is quickly. Um, that's just going to become even, even more demanding. The only way that I see to meet that need is with nuclear and mostly mm-hmm. nuclear. And right now, nuclear technology is not economically viable because of all the regulations. And also there's, you know, different types of technology now kind of coming up with thorium reactors, which are um, much more uh, economically feasible uh, than the reactors that uh, were built previously, which were much more dangerous and could uh, melt down and all those things, which the new designs conceptually, I mean, can't even do that. And mm. they run on their, they don't produce any waste. Um, they pretty much run continuously. It sounds ridiculous, but there's almost no downside. And that's the direction we're going in. And I was listening to Scott Adams the other day talking about this. And he was like, he was talking about things that during uh, COVID, which have kind of just like gone away. And he's like, well, climate change has kind of just, I mean, the argument around climate change has kind of just gone away. I mean, if you look at it, Donald Trump, Republicans in favor of nuclear power, Joe Biden, Democrats, 
outside of AOC, but even AOC has said some things friendly about nuclear power. Well, in their original in Green favor Deal, nuclear though, power. They were against nuclear power in that stupid Green Deal that they published mm-hmm. and then pretended they didn't. So it's good to see that they, if they've actually come around to it, then that's a great thing. I mean, that's nuclear power is going to be what sets our sets the human race on a trajectory that we can just and, and also uh, is going to get us set up for future massive uh, lizard creatures to rise out of the earth. Yes, Hopefully. of course. Fingers crossed. <laughs> well, I think that gets through all the question questions. Uh, Brian had some stuff he wanted to talk about. I think we should also mention, since it just happened, uh, technically it was last weekend, but um, I think it was still being absorbed a little bit last week. I didn't really get to see much of it because I was in a, a transitory period at the time. Uh, but uh, do you guys have your thoughts on the LNC, the actual physical LNC, that what, what, what you were able to see of it that took place? Oh, uh, I was bored to tears and checked in for the votes and i didn't really sit through the entire thing it was an intolerable slog um a bunch of dickheads wasted the first two days and then that forced them hilariously to try to fit in on the last day all these different fucking elections and positions and they didn't even get it done like they just ended up saying all right end of business we're going to do another virtual session down the road so you know whatever joe bishop henchman won a lot of the people don't like him he was of course the pragmatic caucus pick uh the mises sorry i'm burping the mises caucus wanted josh smith who was who i voted for but i will say this watching some of the youtube watching some of the shit people were yelling people were viciously personally attacking josh smith and going after him about so accusing him of not paying child support and really just underhanded, really bullshit. Cause I don't know if it's true or not. And I bet these fucking people don't know if it's true or not either, but honestly I expected better from libertarians and I was thoroughly fucking disgusted by seeing these assholes continuously try to adjust a, and, uh, and push an election one way or the other by pulling out somebody's personal matters, like paying child support. I thought it was, and, and I will say just with child support, I mean, I've seen that go in both directions where it's unjust for, yeah. for the, uh, for, for the, for the woman, for, for the mother, you know, not getting nearly enough child support. And I've seen it go the other way where it's just an absurd amount of child support that it's almost impossible to pay. Yeah. So it's a family courts are just, I don't know, without knowing like intricately the details of everything that happened, which nobody does, there's no way you can really have an educated opinion on it. Yeah. And so people yelling at, you know, it was like, you could actually hear people yelling it out like at the, at the physical uh, LNC. But I will give Alex Massetta a shout out because, you know, coward Nick Sarwark uh, stepped back. And so Alex ran the entire convention. And it was funny. The, the funniest thing was Alex, you could see he got pissed off at times, but for the most part, kept his composure and was like very upbeat, you know, nice Alex Merced. But his hair for the course of the fucking convention. <laughs> How is that like, possible? It started off. It raised like, up like three. Yeah. Like three, I was going to say three feet, but that's absurd. <laughs> but a good six inches. A good six inches. It was like from him running his hands through it and just getting aggravated. Like it was just finely quaffed. And then it just is like up and everywhere, sprayed out in every fucking direction. And just like, oh, it's fucking hilarious. So that's my thoughts on the LNC. Hey, Odie, did you, did you actually watch a, a lot of it? I uh, yeah up on my phone. We were actually up at uh, up at Penn State State College for our uh, anniversary of of meeting, which was eleven years ago, which was a cool trip. Yeah, nice. we- weird to be in State College during Arts Fest, which was canceled. Of course, and there was like nobody there. There were some students there, you know, still wanting to go up and party, but it was basically empty, which was pretty strange. But 
I mean, my biggest takeaway, like conspiracy theory, did Nicholas Sarwark think that things were going to go so badly that he'd have to come in and save the day and he'd be held as a hero? Maybe. I think yeah. he probably thought that. Yeah. But um, talking with some uh, some delegates, I think the only person really that I know of um, in the Libertarian Party who's active on the LNC that could have actually gotten through this and kept everyone relatively sane was Alex Merced. And I think mm. he did an amazing job. I don't know if anyone else had the personality and the, you know, the ability to, he scaled it up a couple of times and he showed his angry yeah. side when he had to, but um, he, I mean, he's not the most fluid at uh, leading a meeting, but that didn't really matter. I mean, it was already yeah. chaos anyway. So uh, yeah, it was, well, there's it, a funny is, meme. It, it is what it is. I honestly, I, I don't know much about the differences between JBH and Sarwark. I know big differences between Sarwark, JBH and Joshua Smith, but we'll see. We'll see where it shakes out. Yeah, I mean, I I will say with JBH, I did I did like a little bit what he had to say at the LA convention, uh, and just as far as like talking about messaging for the party, I thought was was okay. But I worry that he's going to go left libertarian like Sarwark did. Um, but at the same time, it's interesting. You know, he's openly gay. Uh, I think is a, is an interesting talking point for the party. Again, in the current state of affairs, I think that's uh, a definitely a nice thing to be able to talk about and could get him some profiles, you know, in national media and, and bring hopefully some of the people that aren't convinced by uh, Joe Biden's delirious uh, cognitive breakdowns that might be lured in. But um, one thing I had to mention, this was really funny is that one point Alex was really pissed off and he's like banging a little gavel. And he's like, if you guys don't shut up, I'm going to take this gavel and I'm going to cancel this meeting. So it is like, it's for this meme, which is like, I'm going to turn this convention around and we're all going home. He's <laughs> like, I'm going to throw it down on the ground right there. on the ground. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Alex, if you hear this, good job. Yeah, but then, then he, he capped it off at the end and he said, you might like me when I'm angry. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. I think I did. Yeah. I, do, I, I like the angry too. Angry Alex Merced. That's what he has to yeah. morph into. And then they tried to get him to run for all these other positions. And he was like, nope, not dealing with you dickheads anymore. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so just to maybe to finish this up, did you guys see the protests or the uh, the federal police in Portland and how they're like just chucking like unmarked, you know, chucking protesters and unmarked bands? And uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? This is the first I'm hearing of it. So I need more information. Oh, really? I, I just I, I think I only saw some videos people were sharing on Twitter and it's like, you know, obviously I'm against people coming in and just chucking protesters willy nilly into vans, uh, especially from the, the federal government. But at the same time, it's like I acknowledge that. And yeah, I'm against it. But in the back of my head is also and I'm sure this is for many people out there in the back of my head. I'm also like, well, what did you think was going to fucking happen if you continuously are, you know, taking over? portions or attempting to take over portions of a city and uh break you know break windows and continue to fucking throw molotov cocktails and damage property eventually you are going to get this response like this is what fucking happens when you violently protest and violently you know uh take actions in a city eventually there's going to be a violent response you know that that's inevitable so while i'm I'm kind of horrified by seeing it, especially if they're, if they are peaceful protesters. I saw one cop like tackle a guy on a bike that was riding by, which was horrible. But at the same time, I mean, you, what do you expect when people want order restored? It's going to happen one way or the other. 
And that's either going to be an all out war or as we're seeing here, we're going to you're going to have, you know, federal troops coming in and and cracking down. It's creepy oh, stuff. I, it's, it's, it's definitely it's, creepy. It's, it's very creepy stuff. And I, I, I agree with you, Brian, that we shouldn't be surprised that it's happening. I mean, this is the, the world we live in right now with this government. And what's surprising to me is seeing the conservatives out there on Twitter saying, well, you know, I don't care. I kind of like it. And you know what? You wouldn't like it if it was Joe Biden as president or Hillary Clinton as president or Barack Obama as president or whoever. And you were having your Second Amendment rallies and the same thing was happening. So, you know, it's. But as I pointed out on ELL, the Second Amendment rally is completely peaceful. <laughs> oh, yeah. It wouldn't actually, it wouldn't happen in Second Amendment. That's probably a bad example. It would happen at a, uh, what, like, uh, I don't know, something where you're not armed. Unite the right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it, no, it's, it's definitely, yeah, it's not something to be celebrated. That's for, for goddamn sure. But I think it's also, like I said, I think in the back of people's minds, a lot of people are probably going, good. A lot of people, I guarantee, are thinking good. Oh, there definitely are. I've seen them on Twitter. And this is what's going to happen where people are convinced that Trump's going to, you know, the polls, that Trump's going to be ousted. This is why I think he's going to win in a landslide. Let's talk about that for a minute. What, yeah. what are your thoughts on that, Mark? Do you want to? Well, Brian and I had an interesting conversation with a, a mutual friend last night, sort of about yep. this topic. And I, I think it's it's interesting. Like, I mean, our friend is, I don't know, I wouldn't call him a leftist or anything like that. I think culturally he's just sort of on the side of, Trump is crazy, doesn't know what he's doing, blah, 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 blah. And I think we were both just arguing, like, I don't agree with Trump on most things, but I, no. I just don't think he's crazy and doesn't know what he's doing. And I don't think he's incompetent in the sense, in the same sense they see anyway. You know, I, I don't think anybody can be competent, quote unquote, to be president or to run a country or to manage a nation of people. And that's the mindset that it's so hard to break people out of. But I think so many people that still see him as this incompetent buffoon are still in this place where they don't think even though it already happened once they really believe he can't win <laughs> and and uh our friend dan he wasn't he isn't i mean he he sees the possibility that he can win but i think enough people are living in this universe where there's no way this happens again that when it does i'm really i'm really scared about the result like i really don't want to be in los angeles when that when that election goes down do, do you think i mean i'm starting to think that there could be two things going on i think there's definitely a lot of trump supporters that just don't say they're Trump supporters, both in private and, and in public and in polling. But but also there could be some manipulation going on with them intentionally saying in this polling that they're not not supporting Trump. Oh, totally. I think that I, that's actually something that I read was happening. And if I if I read about it, I guarantee Trump supporters read about it. And I guarantee that there's a lot of people intentionally now probably in a spreading movement lying about who they're voting for just to fucking and you could also have these leftist polling or leftist leaning polling companies sort of like being like, well, maybe if we make it so dramatic that they won't even turn out to vote. If we just make it that Joe Biden's up by 20 percent, they won't even mad. They won't even come out to vote. That's yeah. how it was. With like, Hillary. Yeah. They said that she had a 99 percent chance to win. And there was, you know, no, I mean, so I don't know. It's but just it's amazing how. Work. Yeah, you already saw it happen once. Why are people buying with that you're hearing the exact same narrative again and it's like you fucking people don't learn like you just don't get i don't know why these the left don't they don't get it yeah it'll be interesting yeah it's gonna be interesting and yeah i do worry though and we talked about this a little bit too i when trump wins again i am am worried about what's going to happen if if these assholes are going to start rioting again and you know it's like everybody's like even our friend like i don't think trump's going to leave office willingly it's like get the fuck out of here. If he loses, he's not gonna he's not gonna 
have a military coup, and it's idiotic to suggest it. But on the other hand, wh- who do I see having a violent response? The left. When Donald Trump wins again, I am worried about the response from the left. And then you will see if the, if the if violence kicks up in these cities, that's when you're really going to fucking see federal troops come in and put it down violently. So that's what I'm worried about. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not looking forward to election time at all. No. Part of me hopes COVID really comes back and kicks me out of here again <laughs> against my will. <laughs> a big part of me. But, well, uh, that's a good place to end. Mark's going to die of COVID, and Odie and I will take over as the I don't want to have COVID, but yeah. <laughs> well, well uh, unfortunately, the uh, for you, Mark, the it uh, looks like on the latest graphs that whatever the the R number is dropping below one, which is how quickly it spreads in California. So it should be coming down. Of course, maybe they'll. I mean, they can still gin up the the fear and everything. But. Oh, they will. Oh, how about? Well, they already is, have. We, they already we really are. do need to wrap this up. But yeah, how about the fucking Florida testing facility? That's like whoopsie. Uh, it turns out that we were we were putting out numbers a hundred hundred times higher than the actual fucking rate of infection, or ten times higher with hundred percent responses. And also, Sandy, my wife, she had, she had told personal stories about this happening, where people went to get tested, filled out the forms, didn't get tested, and then they got notified that they tested positive. She knows people that this happened to, personally, wow. but they didn't get fucking tested? bullshit. They didn't even get tested. They filled out the forms what? and then they got notified by a mail that they had it. And they're like, I didn't even get the test. So this is all fucking bullshit. All of it's yeah. fucking bullshit. You There's can't no trust any trust this stuff at all. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, not to, we could talk for hours, but the testing of sewage, they're like, oh, we tested sewage in Yosemite and we found COVID. Like, what, what are you kidding me? Like, wait, what? I don't even, how is this, how is this possible that you're finding COVID <laughs> in sewage? <laughs> Yeah. bears have got sense. it <laughs> fucking yogi bear eating out of them picking baskets getting covid <laughs> good thing boo-boo's uh probably not in you know a uh, high target all right let's wrap this shit up i gotta take it down all right host oh yeah i already got to pee so that's fair um we are going to wrap things up one thing i want to say is of course we've mentioned a couple times you can support us on patreon at patreon.com slash lions of liberty you can also support us on paypal paypal.me slash lions liberty i believe you can do that directly and find a bunch of ways to donate via crypto at lionsofliberty.com slash donate but i want to let you know we're going to be doing a special show pretty soon the show we came up for uh actually brian i should say came up with this concept actually i should say brian stole this concept concept yeah from the legion of skanks i'll let you tee up the plan and then uh what this and this is going to be a patreon only show so you got to sign up for patreon to get access to this one yes this will be fun so i did steal it from the legion of skanks i thought it was a brilliant idea but basically we've got our members of the pride that are uh our avid listeners and supporters they have been given a task and that task is to create a secret drinking game wherein based upon things that we commonly say or do i used uh my doing a howie impression as an example they will have a secret list wherein during the show, one of the Pride members will be on the call with us or on the Zoom uh, during the recording and will notify us when we have triggered one of the secret drinking game rules. We'll get a so buzz or a bell or something like that. And yeah, then- a buzz, bell, you know, drink, whatever it is. But we will be drinking and uh, and we'll see what interesting rules they have come up with that we don't know are coming. And uh, we'll see how drunk we get. So that will be forthcoming any Patreon only. So yeah, make sure you sign up for that because it's going to be a really, uh, really fun show. All right. Can't wait. Well, I'm looking forward to that, and I am looking forward to you, gentlemen, the rest of the week because there are three shows every single week here at Lions Liberty. This show, the flagship, 
where we talk about stuff where I usually and often interview leaders in the libertarian movement, or sometimes I just talk to these. Hey, you're talking to leaders in the libertarian movement today, too, baby. I'm talking to them. I'm not interviewing you, though. That would mean (laughs) I was listening to your answers, which I never am. Um, But we've got, of course, Brian every single Wednesday with Electric Liberty Land giving you his weekly dose of comedy, culture, and liberty. And, of course, Odie here wraps things up with the very aforementioned Felony Friday, his always hard-hitting, always inspiring look at the broken criminal justice system. That's why you got to hit that subscribe button to get all three shows for the price of one, and that price is free. Unless you join the Pride, unless you head to patreon.com slash Liberty. Friends, it's been a blast. It's been a blast answering your questions. If you keep heading to iTunes, keep leaving these reviews, keep putting more questions, we will keep returning and doing more of these shows. You know, as long as you got the content coming in, we're and you have the uh, the topics for us, we're going to keep coming back. Uh, you know, every couple months maybe and uh, and doing these. So it's been a blast. Until next time, gentlemen, why don't you join me in providing some instructions to our listeners? Until next time, live